the biggest thing that I see is that people don't even recognize the stories that they're telling themselves. They, they don't, they haven't even gone through that process of just evaluating their thoughts and evaluating, okay, what am I telling myself is true of me? Most people are walking around and it's kind of like the story is playing, but it's, it's not even being noticed or recognized and they're just living their life out. And so I think that the first thing I, I try to do with people is try to get them to actually look at the story that they're telling themselves. And is the story you're telling yourself, is it serving you or is it, is it holding you back? Welcome to Lessons in Leverage, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of success. We'll help you unlock the secrets of leverage so you can amplify your impact in the world. Here's your host, Spencer Lowe. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons in Leverage. I'm thrilled today to have Diana Shalula Sert uh, on the podcast. Hopefully I pronounced that right, Diana. I didn't ask you, but I speak French and it looks like a French name. Did I get your pronunciation okay? That was that was actually pretty good. I'm impressed. <laughs> okay. So uh, I probably should have checked. But that being said, um, Diana is a seasoned entrepreneur and business consultant. She's a fitness expert, author, and motivational speaker who's passionate about empowering people to build strength in mind, body, and spirit. She's a two-time world champion fitness athlete. She owns multiple business businesses and is a woman of faith. And so, so happy to have you on the podcast, Diana. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I was looking through your story and I, you know, I see all these really high leverage skills that we're going to be able to explore with the audience today. And it looks like for you, it really started with fitness. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you started in fitness coaching and probably even before that on your own fitness journey. What was that like for you? And, and what were some of those initial skills you had to develop to really feel like you could get the most out of your body? Yeah, it's such a great, great question. And, and it really did. It's, it actually started with my own transformation journey. You know, and when I was thinking about this conversation with you and talking about leverage, it's like, why do we even want leverage in our lives? It's because we want something more, you know, we want a higher rate of return on, on what's happening in our lives, whether it's our finances or our goals. And so for me, it started with, I was in a really unhealthy place. I was um, about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. And I had really unhealthy eating habits. I was actually binge eating at night. I was, uh, it's kind of a common thing with a lot of people where I would, uh, especially women, like wouldn't eat all day. And then I would just fill myself up with food at night. I would wake up the next morning not feeling well. I was doing these behaviors, but I had these really big dreams and goals within the fitness industry. I wanted to do fitness competitions. I saw these women in magazines like Oxygen Magazine and Muscle and Fitness Hers Magazine. And it was like I had these 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 dreams and these goals. And I, I really felt that God had called me into the fitness industry. But here I was making these choices in my life that were literally pushing me in a path that I was never going to get to these goals if I continued down that path and continued with those choices that I was making. So I had to come to a point with myself of, I had to figure out what, what is the leverage that I'm going to use to actually get to those goals. And I realized it had to start with, uh, uh, with self-discipline and I wasn't living a disciplined lifestyle. And I knew that these people that were doing the things I wanted to do, they were living a really disciplined lifestyle. So I had to actually have some mindset changes first because um, a lot of my behaviors were stemming from, you know, negative mindsets and thoughts and telling myself that I enjoyed the eating too much and, and that I, you know, it was just all of this, this negativity that was in my brain. 
And I had this day, and it, I call it my Independence Day. It was July 5th of, of 2005. And I woke up that morning. I had gone to McDonald's the night before. I had drank a bunch of beer. I woke, and, I'm a, and I was in fitness at this point of my life, too. I was a personal trainer. So feeling like a complete fraud because I'm trying to help people get healthy and fit. And here I am eating garbage, drinking beer, and filling my own body with crap. And I woke up that morning so sick and tired of my own excuses that I literally just had this aha moment. Someone someone um, at the gym I worked at came up to me and said, hey, I saw that you were interested in doing fitness competitions. What are you waiting for? And it was those five little words that I realized I didn't even have an answer for anymore. I was like, what am I waiting for? Like, I'm, I'm wasting my life making these choices. I literally had such a change in my mindset that day that I, I hired a coach for myself that day because I knew I needed someone to hold me accountable for the things I was wanting to do. I completely revamped my eating habits. I got rid of the food in the house that was, you know, not going to get me where I wanted to go. And I started just digging in and doing as much research I could as I could on what were these people that were living this life I wanted to live? What were they doing? What does their day look like? But once I had that change in my mind, um, that was when I was really able to say, no, this is going to be the life I'm living. I started developing those disciplined habits. And then with repetition over time, that just became my lifestyle. I, I lost the 50 pounds. I ended up going on to, I won my first show, which was a huge, you know, just boost of motivation for me and, and kind of, uh, reassurance that this was a path I should be walking in and going in. And that ended me up to being a two-time world champion and then starting hitch fit and being able to take other people through their transformation journey. So that was really how the, the fitness piece really kicked in and started for me. And it was just, it was learning those tools the self-discipline and the daily habits and the mindset changes, that was the, those were the pieces that gave me the leverage to get to where I wanted to be. And then that's really what I teach people now is those are the tools you can develop yourself. We all can develop them. And those are really, honestly, it's not just fitness. Those are the things that we can use in any aspect of our lives to just have massive leverage to be able to do what we want to do. I love that story. I think the fact that it starts with mindset is something people miss a lot. And it's why we're doing this podcast. I mean, there's such an opportunity for people to awaken to what stories they're telling themselves that are just utter bullshit, that are just going to keep them locked in bad habits, bad lifestyle, unhealthy living, any part of your life. Like you said, it applies to everything. We tell ourselves these stories of why we can't do it, of why uh, th we need this, you know, and, and, and all of that locks us into something that's totally a box that we created. And so that if, if someone's sitting out there and they're, they're listening to this and they're going, okay, for her, it started with that mindset, mindset shift. There's no one to wait on, but yourself, <laughs> you know, you, you are the one that has to make that mindset shift. And so I'm sure in coaching, you deal with this with people of you're trying to give them all the tools. Mindset's maybe the very first thing of you've got to see yourself different. You have to believe something different about yourself, about your life, maybe about your memories, about your past. You have to restructure your mind to be like someone who can achieve the types of things that you want to achieve. Are there any things you see in your coaching or that you run into consistently on that first step that people maybe don't realize or that they constantly get stuck on or a common pitfall they run into? 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it, like you said, that really is our very first step. And I think the biggest thing that I see is that people don't even recognize the stories that they're telling themselves. They, they don't, they haven't even gone through that process of just evaluating their thoughts and evaluating, okay, what am I telling myself is true of me? Most people are walking around and it's kind of like the story is playing, but it's it's not even being noticed or recognized and they're just living their life out. And so I think that the first thing I I try to do with people is try to get them to actually look at the story that they're telling themselves. And is the story you're telling yourself, is it serving you or is it, is it holding you back? If your if your story is serving you, then stick with that story, like stay in that lane. But if that story is keeping you stuck and you have to take a look at where did it come from? How do I get past that mindset? Because like you said, a lot of people, it's things that stem from, from traumas, from abuse, from, from things that they've gone through in their past. And they feel like there's no other story that I can actually claim. If we can get, if I can get someone to see that there's a different story that they could tell themselves and that they could take different steps in their lives, really, no matter what they've gone through, because you know, people have gone through horrible, horrific things. And sometimes they feel like I can't become anything more because of what I've gone through. But I can tell you, there's people that have gone through those same things, those same levels, and they have chosen a different story for themselves. They've chosen to see that things happened not to them, but happened for them so that they would have such strength and resilience and abilities in all these other areas of their lives. So if that mindset piece can change and someone can tell themselves a new story and, and believe in themselves, it's also just instilling belief that we're capable of doing things. It is an absolute game changer. And I've seen some of just the most incredible transformations, not just physically, but I see people when they go through a physical transformation, it translates into every other area of their lives, the things they feel they're capable of doing, their relationships, their businesses, it pours into and feeds into everything else. But it's just such an important thing to recognize that it really, it all starts here. It all starts with our mindsets, our thoughts, the things we can control and those stories that we're telling ourselves. So staying on kind of the fitness side and some of the skills. So it starts with the mindset and then moves into, you talked about kind of discipline and diet. You know, I think a lot of people or many people at some point go through a phase where they might believe like, well, if I just work out enough, like that'll... That'll get me there. What's your experience been with that uh, as far as kind of the role of diet uh, and exercise? Oh, it's critical. You know, and that was the thing, like I mentioned before, I was a personal trainer and I was overweight and I was making really poor eating habits. And so I was an overweight personal trainer. Exercise piece was great. And the exercise piece is extremely important. I will just say, especially strength training all forms of exercise are good, but I am like a massive like proponent of, of strength training specifically. But if we're looking for our bodies to change and we're looking for our brains really to change and to function, we have to take a look at what are we putting into our bodies? So the, the whole saying of like, you can't out train your poor nutrition, like it's true. You could work at, unless you're Michael Phelps and you're, you know, 
training eight hours a day, you know, you're not going to be able to, oh, you're not going to be able to change what your body physically is if you don't actually make the changes to nutrition too. So they, the two pieces go hand in hand. They're both important. I encourage people, we have to look at nutrition and we have to look at training, you know, and, and not looking at it as a diet either. That's the other pieces. We're just in this culture of like, I'm going to go do this diet for 12 weeks or 16 weeks, but I'm not actually going to work on the lifestyle habits. And the only reason it will last is if it's lifestyle habits. The only reason I've kept 50 pounds off for the last 18 plus years is because I created lifestyle habits. It isn't because I went on a diet and then went back to how I was eating before. I've never gone back to how I was eating before, but it's because I really dug into these are the healthy eating habits. I like them because of how they make my body look, but I also like them because of how they allow my brain to function. There's so many benefits to having just a disciplined style of eating and people sometimes look at it as, I'm sacrificing if I have a disciplined eating style. And that doesn't mean you never have some chips and you never have some cookies and some things like that, but it's it's what's your normal. And so that's how I look at it. It's, here's my normal. And when I have things outside my normal, that's okay because I know what my normal is and I know what I'm coming back to. So I don't have to stress about if I have some, some cheats and some treats. But a lot of times people think the bigger sacrifice is giving up this, the cookies and the, the fast food and whatever it is that you want to fill your body with. I look at it as if I fill my body with that, I am sacrificing so much so many other pieces of my life. I'm sacrificing my health. I'm sacrificing the healthiest type of relationship with my husband that I can have. I'm sacrificing the energy to run my businesses. I'm sacrificing just the ability to, as a woman in my mid forties, to be able to be like, I want to go hike a crazy mountain in Norway and I can go do that and have full confidence in my body. So there's just, there's so many other pieces, but yeah, you have to recognize first exercise. Excellent. Everybody should, we should all be moving our bodies, but we have to look at what we are putting in our bodies too. It is equally important. And if we want physical change, it's actually even more important. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, as you're sort of stacking these on top of each other, you get the mindset, right. You get the, the change then that that leads to in habits, both on exercise and on nutrition and how you're nourishing the body. And one of the commonly sort of not looked at factors that I think is gaining more prominence is then what does that mean for you hormonally? And what is that, you know, there's one of the things that, that I, uh, I, I sort of have a, the opposite journey from you. So I learned all my best habits and skills in business. And then once I was successful in business, I thought I need to apply this to my health because this is the most important asset I have. And it sounds like you started there and then applied it to business and saw how those translated to success in both as well. And so when I, when I finally decided I was to make my health more of a priority, not just, oh, I want to be at a healthy weight, but what does it mean to make my health a central part of, of my focus in life? Because this is what's going to determine later in, in my life. Yeah. Am I sk skating by on medications and barely alive and hanging on by a nail for the last 30 years of my life? Or am I out there having fun and skiing and living my life and having a body that can still support me? And so as I started to apply those, I found that when I started to put measures in place and start really being analytical about how I was approaching, even when I had the, I was great on the exercise part because I started with that mindset of how do I, how do I just kind of work and work out enough to stay at a decent weight? And then I was like, I have to take nutrition more, more seriously. I did that, but I found over time that even with that, 
my body didn't respond as well, or certainly not as quickly to even changes in nutrition. And so I finally ended up doing a whole panel of blood tests and finding out that my testosterone was way too low. And as soon as I started getting treated for that, everything else started clicking. And I'm like, I've been missing out on massive parts of my life that I didn't even know that I had. And now my testosterone probably would have never been low in the first place if I hadn't screwed up my body and hadn't have done all that, that added all the weight and, and dealt with all of the, what I'd put it through. I mean, it's hard to say, but certainly that's where I ended up. And then it felt like I could never break through. Even when I was trying to get my food right and I was boxing for an hour a day and I was doing weight training and biking and doing all these things and my body was just staying the same. But there's the hormonal component. So, you know, that's one component I know, especially with women you focus on. Uh, tell me about how that also factors in. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a loaded question. So but but really just there's so much in what you just said that is just like we could just pull those pieces and, you know, take big like chunks out of them. So when it comes to our hormonal health, there's a couple things that happen here. Sometimes like a lot of women will blame everything that's going on on hormones and they're, but in the meantime, they're not exercising, they're not getting enough sleep, they're not fueling their body well. So there are things that we can do, just like you said, like to optimize our hormones naturally. And so for men and women, that is healthful eating. And, you know, and studies show even for women, as we go into premenopause and through menopause, like strength, I'm telling you strength training, this is why I'm like, just like, like strength training, everybody needs to strength train. But for, for women, like strength training, eating healthfully, nutrition wise, these things as the natural pieces can make that those transitional times. I don't, I say easier, not that they're easy, but they can make them so much easier. Just even the level of side effects and symptoms that women who are obese versus women who are lean, an obese woman is going to experience a lot more issues as they go through perimenopausal times and then into menopause. And so it's, it's easy right now for people to say it's all hormones. There's nothing that I can do. I hear this all the time from women. There's it's, it's just my hormones. The studies show us that it's not just hormones. It still is completely linked to lifestyle habits. Even like women start gaining weight through perimenopause, like the studies will actually show the weight gain isn't from the hormone transition. The hormones cause greater cravings. They make it so they mess with your hunger hormones, but the actual weight gain is still happening because there's an overconsumption of food and there's less activity. So it still comes down to our eating and our training. That being said, even when we're being really completely disciplined in these areas of our lives, especially as we age, our bodies are going to change for men and for women. And I'm really glad to see that it's actually changing. So women can start talking about this too, because I feel like for so long, it was okay for men to talk about, you know, even if you've been perfectly healthy your whole life as a man, your testosterone levels are going to start naturally declining as you, as we age. As a woman, these things happen too, but it almost seems like it was more, it was okay for men to talk about it more than women. And it felt like it was more like women just need to go through it and, and deal with it. And now we have these tools of, of blood testing and we have the options and it's, it's a really personal thing because I also don't like this whole kind of throw the exact same thing at everybody. So let's do blood work and then everybody's doing the same thing. All of our bodies are so different, uh, but women like talking about 
our testosterone levels could be really low too. That can, that's a huge thing with, with, I encourage all my clients now, go get your blood work done because when your test levels in a female are so low, it is energy, it is libido, it is brain fog, it's all of these things. And it's like, so we have tools and we have ways of supplementing nowadays that we can actually get ourselves, we're not trying to get we're just trying to get to optimal levels for our bodies and for our lives. And I feel like it's it's just such an important conversation to be having. Some people may still choose to go through those times nat like without any kind of supplementation. But I kind of see it as, you know, when it comes to our thyroids, like if you have a thyroid that is low, we take things so that our thyroids can get to an optimal level. If I find out that my my B12 is low, I might supplement with some B12. So it's like, I really want the conversation around hormones to just, and I feel like it's getting there, just to be so normal that we can really talk about these things, talk about the options that are now available for men and for women to supplement, look at the pros and cons, it's gonna be different for everybody, and then decide what is best for you that allows you to live your your life optimally, you know, in, in every sense. Man, and it, it really is a game changer. So it, that's I'm glad you brought that up because it really is such an important tool that we have access to now. Yeah, it's it's uh it's this idea that there's this skill that applies to all of life as a disciplined person that is I'm not just gonna guess on whether this is working. When I'm in business, I don't I don't start selling and then just guessing and hoping it's gonna work. I'm gonna measure, well, how many people did I talk to? How how many of those people were willing to meet with us, then how many of those people actually agreed to work with us. You know, I'm, we're going to know all of the numbers to say, all right, we know how well this process is working and it should be. I might look at benchmarks for industry or for other areas and say, this is about normal. This is above normal. This is below normal. And I'm going to try to measure all of the things that I think contribute to success for the business and then try to tweak and improve and make those better. It's the same thing with our health. A lot of times people, people get frustrated with weight because weight's such, it's just one number. It's just one metric and it's an important one, but it's not the only one. And, and so you have to understand and be able to figure out there's a lot of things to measure. There's the progress on the strength training side of how am I coming up with the weight levels I'm using and what does that lead to? And, and am I progressing there? Am I gaining strength? Am I getting the results I want? Is it, uh, am I, especially as I'm aging, am I maintaining bone density or, you know, any of these things like that you could measure and, and quantify and say, Oh, I'm getting a result that I want blood levels, hormone levels, all of it. It's a holistic picture. And I think that's something that in health, we tend to kind of just really look at the stuff that's front and center and maybe easiest, but there's such a big picture to consider and it has such a huge impact on your life. I mean, literally it is your life. It's, it's what you have. You got one body, one opportunity to, to make it last as long and get as much out of it as possible. And so everything else in life is going to come from that. Yet we tend to treat it like a lot of the things that are most valuable in our life. It's easiest to take for granted because we're so familiar with it. And so I, I love what you are doing in this space on the health side. Uh, so you started there, personal training, even going on a cruise ship. What was it like, uh, you know, spending some time working in, uh, in the fitness space on a cruise ship? <laughs> well, it was, you know, there was a lot of amazing 
parts of that time, just the travel and just being able to meet people literally from all over the world and being exposed to so many just different cultures and the the people, there was a 2000 people that worked on the ship with me that were just from all over the world. And so that piece was really cool. But if you think of cruise ships, it was, I'm the fitness director. That's where I gained a lot of weight was because you got buffets. We have it on every cruise ship. There's a crew bar that's down below deck and that's where the crew goes. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of drinking and, and you don't really have any place else to go. You know, you're kind of on this floating little Island. And so for me, it was where a lot of unhealthy habits really caught up to me. And it's also a scenario where you're surrounded by so many people, but people come and go really quickly in a cruise ship. You may connect with someone and then they're sent to another ship a month later. So there was a, there was a level of loneliness that crept in on me during that time. And, and it was like, I started feeding that loneliness with, with just more food. And, and that was, it was really a root cause of why I gained a lot of weight was it was really hard to like form connections that were lasting. And you're always afraid your friend is going to be gone the next week and you literally just never know and you're apart from your family so there's that so it was actually as awesome as so much of it was it was also a period of time that I was struggling with things like anxiety and even a little bit of depression at time and times and I was fueling that with food so when it when I got off the cruise ship my little sister saw me for the first time and that was kind of a wake-up call for me too she just she didn't say anything but she was startled because I had gained so much weight. And, and it was like one of those moments of like, Oh my goodness, what, like, what am I doing to myself? And like, I, I don't want to be on this path. So that was what my cruise ship, you know, people think of it. It, I say all that it was awesome. Like in so, so many amazing ways. But for me, it was this just time of learning about myself and, you know, what I wanted to do. That hits on a couple more points that people really have to think about, uh, which is, First and foremost, the role of relationships in your life, having good connection, loving relationships that are meeting emotional needs. If you're not meeting those emotional needs somewhere, food's going to be a very common one that we use. I mean, it, it releases hormones in our body that make us feel good. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it becomes a drug, a coping mechanism. And so that's a place again, for people to start and to look, if I want to get to a better place, if I want to change my mindset. I, it's not just about the food. It's not just about the exercise. I got to think about the social environment. Also, the people I'm around affect how I am going to eat. If I'm with people who have really different habits than me, it's going to wear off. It's going to be hard not to to have some of that wear off. And so that gets the second big point out of what you just shared that I think is critical for people to think about, which is the role of environment. This is something that successful people I meet talk about a lot. And people I meet that are struggling tend to ignore. And that is If I want to be a certain type of person, any type of person, the environment that I design for myself, that I choose for myself, that I put myself in is either going to be conducive to that or it's going to get in the way. And it has such a heavy impact. And it's not a disempowering message of, oh, no, I can't change because my environment is what it is. It's I'm in control to change my environment or to put myself in the right environment so that I can change. If I know that the people I'm around and the the circumstances I'm in, if I'm on a ship where there's food constantly, I mean, who doesn't go on a cruise and gain weight? I mean, I don't know that I've ever gone on a cruise and come back leaner. So you know that the environment changes how you're going to act. And so you have to be very methodical about 
if you know, all right, this story and this thing is leading to these types of habits, well, what in your environment and in your social circle is causing some of those? Change those, like fix those, because that's going to have a cascading impact in your life. Yeah, that's that's so perfect. And it really like when we're talking about fitness, like if you look at your so like like we we become who we hang out with. And it's like, it's so important just to, to see like, you know, it's like, we always talk about you're the circle of your five closest people, you know, and you're the average of your five closest people. So if the five closest people in your lives are people that are unhealthy, that are leading unhealthy lifestyles, whether that means in their mental life or um, their physical life, their emotional life, because even if someone's not necessarily like overweight or in, in you know, living unhealthy as far as exercise and eating, um, one thing I've really been kind of digging into a lot lately is is the the time that we spend with people that are are I call them fear feasters. So they feed on fear. And fear is what they walk in mentally and emotionally. And when you're around them, like they want to give you the fear, they want you to taste it and they want you to try it and they want you to eat it too, because it's what they're addicted to. And it's what they're feeling, whether it's through news or whatever. And, and I've just really been recognizing this. Um, not that those, I don't have those people in my close circle, but in kind of the extended circle, I've just been really recognizing lately the people that as soon as you get into conversation, it's something of negative or something that you should be afraid of, or just this fear. And so it's, it's just being really like, look at the people in your circle. Do they have the mindsets that you want to build for yourself? Do they have the physical fitness things that you want for yourself relationship wise? Um, do they have, you know, if you want a healthy marriage are are the people in your circle, do they have healthy marriages? You know? So it's like, do they have successful businesses? Like if you want your business to be successful, spend time with people that also have successful businesses. So yeah, we have to be so careful and craft that group. And if you find like I'm stuck in a group that is holding me back and is holding me back physically and even mentally too, because I think it's it's just so much of that. You're stuck in that fear feasting crowd. You're going to st stay stuck in a fear mindset. Like it's it's so hard to break out of that when that's what you're surrounding yourself with. So it's not that you have to – some of those people you may have to cut out of your life completely – some of them, it may be just push, like maybe they're just not in the inner circle anymore, but you know, they're, you can still have a relationship, but like start the people that you need are there, like they're around you. And so just start connecting with those people and figure out who your little tight knit crew is and just make sure those people like are just pushing you forward and helping you become a better person. But it's, oh, that's just such a, it's such a good one that people don't recognize. And it's like, you have, like, we just have to evaluate those things. Are these people helping me? Are they holding me back? And how am I going to break free of these cycles and find a new circle for myself? Yeah, I, I couldn't say it better. That's, uh, that's a, a critical ingredient of our lives that we take for granted. We don't plan. And if you don't plan, then it happens to you. Then you're a victim of what happens to you. So great insights there, Diana. Let's transition now to, you know, you started with the fitness journey, clearly picked up a lot of skills, and, you know, education experience that, that allows you to help others and to, and to make a difference for people in their, in their fitness and in their, their physical journeys. So as you apply some of these same skills to business, what were some of the early learnings for you that, that really opened up your eyes to the fact that instead of just being a trainer at a gym or on a cruise ship, you could accomplish more? What was it about business 
ownership, entrepreneurship that appealed to you? And what were some of those initial moments of breakthrough where you realized, man, we can really have, I mean, 600,000 pounds of fat. That's a crazy, first of all, congrats on measuring that. That's, that speaks to kind of your systems that you have in place, but also just such an accomplishment, uh, something you can really have a lot of pride in. So what, when did you realize that, that you could have that kind of impact? I think for me, being an entrepreneur is just, it was, it's been in me my entire life. You know, even as a kid, I was trying to figure out what things can I do that people will pay me for, you know, and like my parents called me money bags because I would just like go and be like, oh, I can mow lawns and people will pay me for that. And I can, you know, do, you know, I had a paper round. Like, so it was just, that was always in me of just figuring out like, what are some new things and that, that I can do. I never was a good employee. Like there's a very, very brief time of my life that I was an employee. And I was like, the opportunity to build something that was my own and to be creative was just way too appealing to me. I was the most miserable time of my life was like the year that I worked in an office. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm going to, my, my life is not going to turn out how I wanted if I stay in an office. So I think I recognized early on that entrepreneurship was for me. And I had the resilience in my spirit to know that um, there's going to be a lot of risks and it's going to be stepping into things that feel scary. And and I wasn't afraid of, of that from, from a very early time. When I met my husband, Micah, and he was kind of forming the idea of Hitch Fit, and I had been doing something similar um, through fitness and, and through kind of using some of the newer tools that were out. And so when we came together, it, we had worked in environments where it was like all about money. You know, it was like we'd worked in gyms where it was, okay, just sell them as many you know, sessions as you can. I hated it. I felt icky. It didn't feel right to like, be like, okay, this is just about how many sessions and how much money we can make. I really wanted people to experience transformation because I, it had changed me so much. So it, it always for us came from this position of, I really just genuinely want to help take someone through transformation. And then I believe that if I transform someone, 10 or 20 of their friends are going to want to come to me. So the financial piece is going to take care of itself. If I serve people the best that I can, if I lead from a, a place of authenticity and of, of passion. So I think we recognize that so early on with hitch fit and it's because like the first person you transform, that's exactly what happens. 10 of their friends want to come to you. So it was, it was very early on that we were like, Oh, we've got something here. And with the online piece, Micah, there was a woman in Canada that had followed him on MySpace. And she was like, I really wish I could work with you. And it was this moment of like, hmm, well, what if I just put a plan together for you and you can follow it and then you can check in with me. And she did it. And that lady lost like 25, 30 pounds. And it was like, whoa, like, okay, we've, there's something here. Like we don't have to physically be with people to actually help them transform. So it was just, we entered hitch fit already with that concept of like, Oh, this is like, this is something that is new. And this is something that like, we can let people know, like you don't even have to be here and we can help you on this transformation journey. So that was, that was kind of, you know, I, I would say we just realized super early on, like, 
there's something bigger. Now we have this, this internet thing and we have this social media thing. And so we can really reach people that are not here, not present with us. And we can have this way bigger impact because of, of these new tools that we have. And we kind of just took off from there. And, you know, it's still, it's just, it's, it's, there's more and more tools now and it keeps evolving. But, um, our passion for just wanting to help people has, has, that has stayed true and stayed the same for, the past 15 years and that's still where our heart is and it's where the heart of hitch fit is and it's where the heart of soul fit our retreat business is too that's awesome and it's i think it's uh, important for people to realize you you know when you develop a set of high value skills something that can really help people something that can make a big impact and that people are willing to pay for obviously if you know if you want to have a business it's got to be valuable enough that people want to pay for it and when you when you get that um a lot of people then want it to be or maybe are scared of entrepreneurship because of the uncertainty the fact that, you know, when I move past, as I, as I move out into the world, what if things change and things are going to change? It's, it's all going to change. Your business started on MySpace. Then you have a physical gym. They have three physical gyms and you're back down to one physical gym. Then you've got a retreats business, same underlying core passion and skills, but so many different tools and technology evolves and it changes the landscape and you can't just stay there and be complacent. You have to stay connected to the people that you're trying to serve and figure out, well, what's the next evolution? And certainly as AI has started to become much more prominent, it's introducing a lot of things that are going to disrupt every industry and are going to absolutely, uh, you know, make, make us all adapt in our businesses, make us operate in more efficient ways and in better ways. It's going to help. Uh, you know, people uh, more effectively, there's going to be a lot of good things that come from it, but it means that you have to change. And some people look at that and they go, oh man, it's so scary. What are we going to do? AI is going to replace this. Are they going to do that? I'm curious, since you guys have had such a good experience evolving your business over time and adapting to these new tools, what do you see on the front of AI, if anything? Is there anything you're particularly excited about, about how that might impact your business or things you're worried about that it might disrupt? Um, I think, you know, and it's, that's an area we're still, we're still navigating of how do we best utilize these tools? Because I think there's going to be some, there, there are already some extremely valuable tools that, that can help us just with, with messaging and with getting messages out there. Um, it doesn't scare me at all because I have also seen how important the personal connection is for people and just personal communication. So I think there's pieces that we're going to be able to use AI to take some of these less person, these things that don't need to be as personal off the plate. And, and actually I feel like that's going to give us even more time for the personal connection and communication. And the, the thing with AI, and, and I feel like people are going to be craving that because as we get into more AI, like as we saw through just like COVID and stuff, people come out of that and they are desperately craving connection and they're desperately craving community that's real and that's authentic. And so that's not going to go away. That's, that is part of our human nature. So I see it as we're going to figure out, there's going to be so much more stuff that comes out. We're going to be able to use this for the things that are the, the things that can be passed off. But for us personally, we're going to keep the things, the the connection and the community and be able to even just pour more into that because people people are going to need that more than ever. Yeah, I think that the the two two of the areas that AI is going to really quickly disrupt are going to be on the labor front, certain things that you needed a person for in the past you don't that AI can do for you, and on the technology front. It's going to it's going to accelerate technology in terms of how quickly and how accessible it is to get certain technological solutions. And those are two big parts of leverage. There's labor leverage, hiring people, growing that way, and there is technology leverage. It 
two of those are going to be very disruptive, uh, disrupted, I think, very, very soon. I love the focus you guys have on the community and the connection. That's something that is going to be really hard. I, I don't know that it's impossible, but it's going to be very hard for disrupt for quite a while. And I think there's so much power in that. And that becomes a much more important form of leverage as AI maybe levels the playing field or decreases some of the competitive advantages that people had in the past on the labor front or on the technology front. It's going to amplify the importance of other forms of leverage like community, you know, like the interpersonal human connection. And if, if people aren't thinking about how their businesses are going to capitalize on, on that, then they may find themselves in a tough spot if all they had were those other things. Um, how did that drive you towards SoulFit? You know, I think that's right in line with this idea behind SoulFit, which is to me seemingly all about the human connection component. It's now you're taking your business acumen and all the skills you developed there. You're taking all of the, the fitness skills that you've developed and you're really ratcheting up the human connection and, and, and experience side. So tell me about how that, how that fits in for you. Yeah, exactly. And, and that kind of is, it is, it's like this kind of next evolution of like, we've been working with people one-on-one -on -one and so it's kind of, you know, and we love traveling, we love traveling, we love fitness, but we also are like, how do we get more immersive? Like, how can we be even more immersive with people and especially with just how how much people need connection and community and how many people are struggling mentally? Like mental health is a massive crisis right now. And there are things happening, like even with AI, as a, that is probably going to contribute to disconnection for more people, which is going to lead to more mental health issues. So it's like, we got to get, we got to create situations where people can connect and have community and we can teach them the tools and skills that we've used to have, to have leverage, to have love be leveled up in our lives. And the, the two foundational things, well, with SoulFit, it's, it's faith, it's fitness. And then fortitude is our, our third pillar. Fortitude just meaning strength, building strength in mind, body, and spirit. And the way I believe you can do that the best, the two biggest pieces, the two biggest leverage tools that I would say are faith and our fitness. And if we can have, if we can have those tools, if we're strong in those tools, I believe we can have breakthroughs in our relationships and our finances and our personal growth and development. So that's why everything we do with soul fit, whether we have retreats and we also have a conference coming up in, in January in Tampa, and it's the whole premise of it is we need to build these tools of faith and fitness so that we are strongest in mind, body and spirit so that and also to build that community and connection so that we can level up in our lives so that we can get that greater return on investment in in literally every area. And I believe if people put those as their, you know, their foundations, they're going to see that ripple effect and that just increase in every other area of their lives. That's very inspiring and, and a very exciting mission to, to be going after. So thanks for sharing that, Diana. Um, if you could go back as we kind of wrap up here and you're starting your journey out early on, you know, what would be the two or three pieces of advice, resources, books, you know, what, what, if you had to give yourself a little kit to, to, to be able to realize your potential even earlier in life or maybe faster, what would you give to yourself that maybe young people or people that are early on in their journey? Could, could look at and, and could use as a starting point to, to head down a path like this? Well, I would say for, if we're talking about from a fitness perspective, I would say, I wish that I had a coach earlier. 
I wish that I had someone that had walked that path before me that had done all of the homework. And um, I think a coach would have, I had them later in life, but I feel like if I had had coaches in my life, in that area, like sooner, like, so whatever area it is that you're wanting to grow, like get yourself a coach in that area that can show you the path. So you don't have to make as many mistakes. It's that investment. It's, it's just that investment in ourselves. And, um, the, the other one that I would say is start thinking sooner. I wish that earlier in life, I had thought more about that circle that was around me and who I was surrounding myself with and evaluating if those were people that were helping push me towards my goals or if they were people that were were holding back. So it is and then just even thought evaluation. All these things if I if I could have known these things 20 years ago of how powerful, you know, thankfully I had a lot of things in me naturally and thoughts of I can do this and I can overcome these things. But if 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 it was even more so then of getting over limiting beliefs and telling ourselves new stories. If I could have done those things earlier, I just feel like, you know, you can be so much further along later in life. If you get those pieces in place at just a younger age. That's an awesome set of, uh, of recommendations. So thank you for sharing that. Um, if people want to find you and connect with you, uh, we'll certainly put your links in our show notes. Uh, what are the best places to connect with you? Uh, let's say they're interested in a retreat or they're, uh, wanting to find some, some help and some coaching, uh, with their fitness or maybe even just entrepreneurship advice. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? The the best way would be go to the website, hitchfit.com. And you'll, you'll find there's links there that will lead you to the retreats websites and that stuff. But that's where, um, all of our options for online training are there. All of my social media links are on that page emails all of that so that's kind of our central hub is is the main website hitchfit.com well thank you so much diane it's been a wonderful conversation i think uh, one that the audience will get a lot of value out of so thank you for spending some time with us today well thank you for the opportunity hey before you go i have a small request our mission is to empower as many people as possible to maximize their potential through the power of leverage could you help us in this mission by leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube? And if you know just one person who would benefit from today's episode, would you please share it with them? Your support means the world to us, and we are thrilled to have you in the community. Thank you for being a part of our journey and helping us grow. You can find show notes for today's show and past shows at LessonsInLeverage.com, which also has links to connect with me personally and connect with our various podcast channels across your favorite social networks. A big thanks to Solve.Cloud who sponsored this episode. They're a group of expert consultants that help SaaS and financial services companies to implement, optimize, and manage Salesforce.com. They can help you with custom integration solutions and are helping customers to implement some of the most important generative AI technologies. You can find them at solved.cloud. That's S-O-L-V-D dot cloud is the URL. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.